0: Hi, how are you, Callum? You're yeah, on. I'm good. How are you, mate? Good, thanks. How's the holiday going?
1: Oh, it's different. It's, uh, sun's, it's quite sunny, actually, which is nice. Which is a big surprise, isn't it? I know it is, but it, it's actually really, really warm when the sun's out, but it keeps going behind clouds. But what's the shocking
0: thing is, is that sooner or later, we're going to see some uh, snow coming out. And it's, it's, it's kind of like when you're up north, it's kind of like you get the full <laughs> spectrum of weather. First it's sun, then it's rain, then it's snow, then it's everything else.
1: And that's in one day. And that's in one day. That's the shocking thing. <laughs> we, we, did, we did an add-on day for our Easter event last Sunday. And um, in the morning we were setting up thinking, oh, we're going to have to put sun cream on. And then it got to about half 12, one o'clock, and I thought it's getting a bit chilly now. Went and put coat on. <laughs> and then went to pick a family up and it's like, it's snowing. Yet, by the time the last two families were here uh, at our house, they were back in t-shirts. Wow. And I, oh, oh, you, you just what's can't funny, plan.
0: What, what's funny is when I go out to exercise, I'm wearing these really, really short blue shorts and they're thinking, I'm getting looked at by all these elderly people, like <laughs> tourist. <laughs> And and, and they're quite shocked when I say, I live here, actually. So, you know,
1: it's that whole thing is cool. But it's because you live that you live in the north that you're hardy enough to wear your little blue shorts.
0: Exactly right. Exactly right. Um, Anyway, guys, the viewers that will be listening in, I'm joined by the lovely Dave from Be Unique, which is a charitable organisation that raises awareness of autism. Um, so firstly, Dave, can you tell me just a little insight of what Be Unique is all about and what made you set it up?
1: Oh, so I've lived as part of or I met Nadia 18 months ago and Nadia has two boys diagnosed with autism. They're both nonverbal and have associated learning difficulties with it. They have their own challenges, but Nadia... Is probably one of the strongest people I've met. So, I've never known them or our family now without it being an autism family. But as part of that network, and Nadia and I support each other a lot, and we've built our life around it. And it's accelerated a lot quicker with lockdowns and everything else. And we made the decision to move in together, and then bought a house together. And we've just adapt our lives to suit it but I always heard about the struggles that Nadia has and being part of the community it's within everyone has the same struggles although different sides of it so we started looking at what support there is what different people do and we found during lockdown especially there was a lot of or during covid as a general there's been a lot of oh we can't do anything so covid and we can't do this we can't do that and there's a lot that you can still do um but then you talk to more and more parents and that there is support there but it's so hard to find and a lot of it is very complicated and doesn't make sense Hmm. so there's a fair few of us that have now joined the team and they all do their own little bits or and they help individual parents when they can and as well nadia came up with the idea to that she'd really like to run a charity just before christmas and it's well if you want to let's do it um i've always been skeptical about charities and you hear a lot of stories and there's a lot of bad press for them 10 20 years ago and it's well let's show that they can actually do good and let's try and help masses as opposed to individuals. Um, and then in, so we started on all the paperwork for the charity commission over Christmas and in February we got it approved and it's just gone from there. Fantastic. And you mentioned before,
0: um, you were a bit skeptical about different charities because of stuff you heard. What exactly did you hear that really made you and charities
1: really edgy? it's it's not that's not a comment about local charities and it's actually a debate that's happened on facebook recently as well a lot of the much larger charities it's the people question whether the money goes where it actually needs to Hmm. um you hear stories and it is stories you can't i haven't done specific research but of ceos Hmm. of multinational charities that live in one country and take the charity private jet to meetings three times a week and then go home. That isn't what we donate money for. Um, I've done over the last year I did quite a few um, cycling events that gave the option to raise money for charity and what in particular lands to John O'Groats and you could either pay two and a half thousand pounds or pay 500 pounds and raise three thousand pounds and to me the maths just didn't add up so you're actually asking people to donate three thousand pounds but two thousand of that is paying for you to have your experience and have your holiday and it's those things just don't quite sit right it's if a charity raises money that money should go to the good yeah yeah that they're doing not to giving individuals experiences or to paying people to live a life that they otherwise wouldn't
0: absolutely um, You're absolutely right so
1: we do this around full-time jobs and our family and i, I can't remember apart from last night being on holidays the first time since Christmas I think that we've been in bed before midnight um we haven't watched tv for three months because we don't have time but we actually have a purpose um and that's worth a lot more than actually being able to help and you will always get negative comments but seeing the support that we get against those negative comments makes really does make it all worth it
0: Mm. so we know that the the autism spectrum is is pretty big there's a lot of things on the autism spectrum is there a certain part of it that be unique looks at and you know raises awareness of or is it the whole autistic spectrum that you are
1: um for us so we have dylan and Elliot they are both they both have the exact same diagnosis but they could not be more different over the easter egg hunts that we've held for the last two weekends we've had around 70 children that have been diagnosed with autism no two are the same so you cannot group them at all they are all unique in their own way And it's about trying to um, getting people to actually understand that. And it it is a lot harder because it is classed as a hidden disability. Mm. It's not it can be very difficult. So it's just trying to push the fact that everyone is different. They all have their own difficulties and they all manifest in different ways even though they have the same diagnoses. There is obviously many others that you can end up with that are associated with autism. I know ADHD is another condition that is closely linked and a lot of children with an autism spectrum condition diagnosis will also or can also have an ADHD diagnosis as well.
0: So you mentioned Dylan and Elliot, they are non-verbal. So that means they can't speak, but they can make little sounds.
1: They're the loudest people you'll ever meet. Um, It's just not communicating in the way that you and I are right now. Right. Um, So Dylan has his own ways of telling us when he's hungry, when he needs toilet um, and all these different things. But he doesn't have the words. Um, We do spend quite a lot of time with him just learning in general and going through alphabet and everything else. And he can say a lot of sounds and he can do a lot of it, but when you, the, he actually tries to concentrate on it, either the sound isn't there, he can do the mouth shapes, he can make the sound. But putting them together, he can't do. Um, Elliot then is trying a lot more or is slightly, he, he manifests in a different, er, different way um so very root incredibly routine and there is no differentiating from it 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 has to be that
0: you know I had experience I went to teach in a special school once and I saw really interesting things um um that the kids do um the first thing was the use of iPads um that can help um there was one um one child that completely used his iPad to communicate with his uh, parents and then another thing was um, you have these little picture pads so in school they have these picture pads for like a routine day so starting with breakfast and then playtime and sensory room and and stuff like that is that kind of the things as well that Dylan and Elliot experiment with?
1: Yeah so they both have their iPads and it's the main one people use is uh, it's pro-, pro loco to go which is the main platform and the schools use it and you can tailor that to communicate you can either type in and it'll speak for you or you can use picture cards and you just press on it so if dylan uh, if, if dylan gets upset or we, we we're not sure what he wants then it's we get the ipad out now at school and again it's this whole routine thing so you go to dylan's parents evenings and you talk to his teachers and he spends all day on his ipad and he communicates well with it when he gets home doesn't want to use it so you're still getting and it's the same with any normal child sorry that that's the wrong terminology but any child without a diagnosis um it's they they don't want to do the homework at home it's oh, but that was school so you get that same association between school and home life um but it is incredibly routine and a lot of pictures and they are very express expressionate with their faces, their hand gestures, and that side of it.
0: Some of the things... um, So I'm assuming that Dylan and Elliot go to a um, special school? Yes, they're both at Mayfield. Uh, in. Oh, Mayfield. Yeah, I know it very well. So some of the stuff they do there, which is quite incredible, they have um, that sensory room where there's all these nice lights and um, stuff for them to play with. Do you have any of that stuff at home that they can take from school back home?
1: So before we moved into or we bought our house in October before we even thought about the charity and we're quite lucky. Our house is over three floors and the attic space, we have built a full sensory room in it. So they've got ball pool, they've got um, sensory boards in there. um, Lots of different lights, lava lamps, and it is, it's just a, a chill out space. We've put a swing in there. So they, it's quite a nice place for them to go sit in the swing with all the lights and blacked out the windows, So it, it's completely dark. We hope with a lot of the, for the charity, we, we want to try and keep things as cost effective as possible to allow us to do more. So we've done the risk assessments, insurance, everything is based at the moment around our headquarters. Hmm. which we hope to be able to once restrictions allow to use for a lot of it and the things that we've built for Dylan Elliott will be useful and may be able to offer respites for other parents for a couple of hours and somewhere to go without the cost Um, and you look at a lot of the places that parents did use and rely on they're not all here anymore after COVID being shut for nearly 12 months as given a lot of places a lot of problems
0: speaking of um restrictions what have you guys got planned for the charity once um the last set of restrictions are lifted and we can get back with our normal lives
1: so this is something we're still looking at so there's a lot of a lot of areas still saying oh we can't do anything because of covid so we looked at the restrictions and said well what can we do and what works for a family that has a child or children that's diagnosed with autism when you look at a lot of their experiences they don't want mass events they want somewhere that they can go feel comfortable not feel judged there is still quite a stigma against autism and and Nadia and I see that still and so we our easter egg hunt the idea was it's one family at a time so, they came around for an hour, they got to use equipment. Some of it's be unique, most of it's ours. Um, so, we've got bouncy castles, we've built a small, full play park fortress in the garden. Um, we've got different sensory toys, water pools. Um, being that we live on a small holding, we also have chickens, ducks, and goats. So, there's a real range of things that people could see and do for the second weekend we reviewed because there was so many people that wanted to come we reviewed the restrictions and realized we could actually do it for two families at a time so if it was just a child and a parent we then brought to and you could they got a bit more of a conversation and it was different to just talking to us we're looking now moving forwards because as a parent and child group we can actually go up to 15 outdoors at the moment um i think from last monday that may include indoors so the things we're looking at next is setting up with different coffee shops in different areas to so there's a little hub that once a month parents can get together and just have some communication with a coffee and a cake We're then going to extend the events at our property to do more, so we've been awarded some grants which we're buying sensory tents, um, sensory blackout tents, some larger tents to put them in to try and make it really dark and then we'll put the sensory equipment in. But the general idea is that it's all scalable and it all can be moved to we've been in talks with different cricket clubs, rugby clubs. So over the summer when yeah. the schools are shut and pe- parents are really looking for something that to go and do and somewhere that's comfortable and they feel comfortable, we can actually scale it up to slightly bigger. Um, and also to use it as fundraising events for the wider public to come and see what we do, what it's about and that side of it. So there isn't really any scale or it's we're trying to keep it so it is scalable to keep going bigger and bigger and we've managed to already find reps in carlisle peterborough wiltshire so it, it is growing well
0: that's great and final question for you is you mentioned there's a lot of stigma against autism how what can be unique do to really open people's eyes that this this isn't anything this is something that people shouldn't be against whatsoever I mean
1: it, it's not that they're against it's about understanding
0: understanding um, yes. Yeah, because a lot a of people lot just of it, don't understand so how can we help them
1: understand by talking to people like yourself now people with a wider audience and um, but you, you have to find the parents that have that strength within themselves. So Nadia and I, we're lucky. We're not really bothered what people think. And um, we have Nadia runs a lot more than me, Um, but she'll push Dylan, who's 10 in a special needs buggy and run quicker than I can without one. Um, But you still get, disapproving looks oh what's the 10 year old doing in the buggy and you do still hear comments of they don't look disabled and well that doesn't that doesn't mean they're not or they don't Mm. have a disability and we've we've been for a walk this morning and it's two two mile walk and it takes about an hour and a half that's a good pace for us
0: yeah it's incredible Um,
1: and we've, we've been walking all over the lakes over the over last summer. And after you've done about three quarters of a mile, you, you're sitting down for your picnic and you, you do get comments, oh, you're stopping already. And it's, yeah, and? And it, it's finding the people that, like us, that will stand up talk and we have quite a few of those and a lot of them are within the people that are really helping with Be Unique which we're eternally grateful for and it is it's how autism was looked at 20 years ago and even when I was at school compared to how it is now it is changing but it's very slow and it's it's just trying to educate people by being in the public and getting into the papers that people read regularly and trying to explain what it is and it's the idea of our main be unique facebook page is public but we then have a private group for parents carers to gain support and they'll talk about they share advice on toileting and behaviors and that side of it in a safe place but your bigger stories you keep public yeah and sharing and the the more people you can get to share it the more people see it and with their own tolerance they then start to stop and think well actually is that child in a buggy because they're lazy or is that child having a meltdown because they're naughty? are they acting in that way because they're naughty or or is there something in them that they physically cannot control
0: yeah, absolutely. Well, I just want to say, I think what you guys are doing are really great, honestly. And I'm a big supporter and I, ho- I wish you all the best thank for the you. charity. I really do. I wish you all the best for the charity. And, and um, most importantly, you and your family keep safe because uh, the times we're still living in is very, still very dangerous. And um, for you guys just to keep safe. Yeah. Um, thank you. That'd be and great. To you. And I want to thank you so much, Dave, for coming on the show.
1: That's right. Nadia would have loved to, but she's taken Elliot off for a walk.
0: Oh she'll be, sits, she'll be able he to hear
1: she'll be able to hear it down.
0: <laughs> she'll be able to hear it back which is no problem at all. But um lovely. Yeah, thank you so much Dave. Thanks Callum. Bye
1: mate.